SWAT is really a research mission. The uh, technologies and measurements that SWAT is going to be doing for many aspects is a first of a kind. To be able to make this kind of measurement at the accuracies and, and coverage that we're making is something that's never been done before. And that's required numerous technologies, not one, but multiple technologies to come together. Welcome to Small Steps, Giant Leaps, a NASA Apple Knowledge Services podcast where we tap into project experiences to share best practices, lessons learned, and novel ideas. I'm Dina Nunley. In celebration of Earth Day 2023, April 22nd, our focus today is on an Earth science mission. Surface Water and Ocean Topography, or SWAT, is a satellite mission that will make the first global survey of Earth's surface water, observe the fine details of the ocean's surface topography, and measure how water bodies change over time. Our guest is Parag Vaze, SWAT Project Manager at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Parag, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Happy to be here. Really uh, uh, excited to talk about the SWAT mission. Yeah, could you give us an overview of the mission? Absolutely. So SWAT um, is, uh, as it stands for, Surface Water and Ocean Topography. The, the key words in there are all about water. And uh, SWAT is NASA's next generation water mission. NASA has been uh, conducting uh, measurements of the ocean for decades, um, looking at uh, all of the salt water, so to speak, um, across the Earth. And uh, you know those kinds of measurements have been going on, primarily looking at um, small areas of the ocean really, really precisely uh, and looking at that consistently over decades. And that's helped to understand uh, sea level change and other climate change sort of uh, information that uh, the oceans are so important uh, in uh, driving as a key factor of climate variability. SWAT is looking to take that to the next uh, generation in, in almost every aspect uh, in terms of technology, in terms of the measurement we're doing, in terms of the coverage we're doing. And uh, the goal with SWAT is not only to look at um, the ocean, uh, now at much finer scales, uh, the ocean is a really big place. And so even with satellites where uh, we've been taking and, and really observing only really small tracks uh, of the ocean with SWAT, we plan to observe much more of the ocean and at much higher resolution in terms of observing the ocean dynamics that um, we're currently just missing and scientists believe are uh, a major factor in really understanding a lot of the climate variability, but also a lot of the, the societal activities that happen with regards to the ocean and the coastline. And then SWAT takes that one step further and not only looking at observing the oceans, but looking at uh, the freshwater, the, the, all of the major water bodies on the surface, um, uh, the solid surface of the earth. Uh, so we're talking about lakes, rivers, reservoirs, um, and, and basically any major water body that um, the satellite can observe, which um, in our particular orbit, we should be able to observe uh, about 90% of, of all of the, the Earth's surface waters. So the, the goal for SWAT is, um, of course, to, to observe where the water is, um, where it's coming from, and where it's going. It's It's not going to answer every and all question, but uh, getting that data 
for the community and particularly for the freshwater, um, which is data that um, just doesn't exist, we think is going to be a breakthrough in terms of feeding the scientific engine that's going to help uh, in many different aspects of um, everyday life now and, and hopefully in the future. What was involved in formulating the concept and developing partnerships to make this happen? So a mission like SWAT has taken um, a, a very long time in, in formulating. So um, uh, the mission has been in work for almost 20 years. I've, I've been involved myself for almost 20 years in um, uh, developing this mission and executing the mission. And, you know, it really starts um, at the, the ground level, so to speak, with the scientific community. Um, the uh, science community, luckily, that we had already in place across the world looking at the world's oceans, um, really we, we saw that this is a global problem and needs a global solution. So first, um, that, um, that science community um, was already working together from many different countries, um, uh, tens of, if not more of different countries with, with scientists that were working sharing data, collaborating on different um, uh, measurements and, and modeling and, and research that was going on. As that was going on, I think the understanding of what was missing kind of came out of this scientific community. And ultimately, um, NASA looks towards um, the U.S. academies, um, scientific academies, to produce a, a, a decadal survey of the scientific priorities that NASA should be pursuing and that uh, global science interest, I think, really fed into the decadal survey that took place in 2007 for SWAT, um, where SWAT was identified and this measurement technique was identified as a key priority for NASA to pursue. That was just the start of it, of course, um, in terms of understanding, okay, this is something that's important to measure and, and a high priority for um, the United States and, and the, the global community. But really taking that and um, understanding what sorts of instrumentation you actually need that can actually provide those kinds of measurements was a study that was started and, and led with uh, NASA. And, um, you know, a key partner in this um, for many decades in the ocean remote sensing has been um, with, uh, with several different agencies, uh, space agencies in Europe particularly the French Space Agency, which has been a key partner with NASA in this, um, in this type of research. So um, it was decided that um, this is really a big issue, one that probably is going to need a sophisticated global space-based monitoring system, which uh, should be looked at with a, a global solution and a partnership. And NASA pursued that with um, particularly the, uh, the French Space Agency, CNES, and since then, we've been working together and basically taking the really big objective and kind of uh, building it into smaller pieces on what sort of measurement um, could achieve this objective, then taking that and looking further at what sorts of technologies actually exist or could be developed, and then ultimately putting together an architecture for a space-based mission that could um, you know, achieve these objectives and then implement it. So it's taken almost 20 years from sort of seed to um, implementation to now um, flight. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it really is a, a global challenge and a, and a global contribution now to, towards uh, tackling that challenge. 
when so many people working together to make this happen, could you describe the SWAT systems, subsystems, and science instruments? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's, there's multiple components of the mission. And, um, you know, first, uh, there's, of course, this uh, engineering planning um, sort of, of activity that the projects do on and we've been working together as a project on the NASA side and also with the, the CNES partnership uh, as, a, as a joint project towards this. But ultimately, it, it involves developing um, several major systems of the mission. One is um, the flight system, which is basically the satellite. And, um, you know, that, uh, of course, is, is um, the centerpiece of the mission in terms of doing the, the actual measurements um, that, that we need for SWAT. But it's, um, it's only one of the pieces, um, you know, that, that's needed. There is, of course, the, the launch system that's needed to get the satellite into space. And then there's a very large um, ground system. And that ground system is uh, quite um, extensive for a mission like SWAT, where we're not only um, in charge of taking um, and getting the data back down from space, but then um, converting that data into uh, data products and, and circulating those data products if you know properly uh, and efficiently uh, as much as we, we can to serve our community takes an extensive amount of development. And particularly for SWAT, um, that requires um, almost all new, brand new science and science algorithms that um, actually convert these measurements into um, useful data products. So there's a, a another major element to the project, which is uh, the science algorithms uh, and calibration validation once we get all of this data. And we really need to make sure that that data is valid. And so we, we develop um, a pretty... Um, extensive uh, set of other uh, measurements on the ground, which basically look at the satellite data and the ground data and uh, do a comparison and, and verification validation. Because ultimately, this data is only useful if people can actually rely on it and uh, understand um, its behavior so that they can actually utilize it in, um, in their studies for research or applications or operational applications that, that we have. So um, there's there's multiple facets to the mission, um, and the satellite is, of course, uh, the most visible, but there's a, a huge infrastructure that uh, is behind it on, uh, on, the, on the planet. And ultimately, the, the science community also and the user community is, is, is key to that in terms of engaging um, all of those people. SWAT is going to produce a huge amount of data. And so we've also been faced now with the challenge of how do we get this data out to the community? How do we make it uh, so that it's uh, accessible and useful and, and also serves, um, you know, the different kinds of users that we have in an efficient manner? And talking about the science of SWAT, how will this mission boost scientific understanding? Yeah, so SWAT is really a research mission. The uh, technologies and measurements that SWAT is going to be doing for many aspects is a first of a kind. So our user community is primarily um, the research community. The research community um, is looking at, of course, um, taking data not just from SWAT, but from many other uh, sources, both uh, land-based and also satellite-based. 
um, for, for many different aspects, um, truly to try to understand and tackle uh, this question I mentioned earlier about where the water is, where it's coming from, and where it's going. And that has users from many different um, scientific thematics, um, whether they're looking at uh, local issues that might be along coastlines, that might be um, you know, looking at more on what's happening with the ocean aspects. And there, a lot of it is actually creating models. Um, if, you, if you see um, every day, I think we, we all rely on um, weather forecasts. Um, those are almost completely driven by models and in terms of how good those forecasts are, are based on understanding, you know, the physics of, of what's, what's going on and also getting the latest data that, uh, that, that feeds that. So SWOT, uh, is going to feed not only the, those models in terms of driving them, but also in terms of creating the understanding and the algorithms that, um, support those forecasts, which are, Super important, essentially, to be able to come up with a forecast of the ocean, just like what's happening in the atmosphere that we rely on almost daily. And then there's other uh, users, um, again, that are um, could be geographically correlated, where users want to look at uh, freshwater data and uh, understand what's happening in uh, rivers, reservoirs, uh, water managers want to understand uh, you know, what's happening and, and being able to forecast uh, how much water they have, being able to forecast how much water they think they will have. Uh, there's agriculture that's related to that. Um, there are uh, all sorts of um, fishery and coastal applications in terms of erosion and understanding what's happening in the coast. Um, so there are a varied um, set of users that are interested in getting that SWOT data. Ultimately, our Best success and hope would be that this data is used uh, not only for that forecasting, but also for actually near-term operational kinds of uh, uh, uses, like um, being able to tackle what's happening with flood events or severe hurricanes that uh, are, affect our coastlines, uh, pollution that is being tracked uh, in the oceans, um, water navigation that happens on uh, ocean and on rivers, um, being able to help manage fisheries better. All of this data from SWAT will, uh, will definitely uh, enable much better understanding what's happening now, but um, uh, ultimately uh, be able to help uh, understand and predict what's going to happen in the future. What would you say is remarkable about this new satellite? So, um, at JPL, we have this motto about dare mighty things, and, and I think uh, that's fully applicable for SWAT because to be able to make this kind of measurement at the accuracies and, and coverage that we're making is something that's never been done before, and that's required numerous technologies, not one, but multiple technologies to come together. Um, and the satellite, as I said, is, is a centerpiece of that, which has... Uh, a lot of these technologies packed in, um, mostly on the science uh, science instrument side of, uh, of the satellite, but um, even the overall satellite and to, to actually be able to perform this measurement from space is something that um, requires a, a lot of um, stability and a lot of power. Those are the, the two things that um, really drive the satellite design and enable this measurement. And then there's a lot of technologies 
on the ground, um, which aren't as visible as the satellite, but are absolutely key to uh, produce the data products and information that SWAD hopes to provide. The satellite really is is two main uh, pieces. There's one piece that's called the platform or spacecraft bus, which is provided by the French Space Agency. That That is basically providing us all of the the resources that the scientific uh, instruments need, whether it's power, pointing, uh, stability, all of those things come from uh, the spacecraft bus. This particular bus is um, quite powerful in uh, in having a large set of solar arrays because the payload, the scientific payload, needs lots of power and lots of stability. So the, the systems are designed to be extremely stable, basically not move and, and perturb the science measurement. And then the science payload, um, which is uh, consists of about six instruments, science instruments and several other um, supporting equipment, that was uh, uh, all provided by NASA and developed at JPL. Uh, so uh, the, the key instrument that's really for SWAT is um, what we call the, the Karen instrument, the KA band radar interferometer. Uh, that is um, the uh, key instrument that's that's enabling this uh, new measurement technique. Uh, that technique is something that we actually leveraged um, originally from a, a prior NASA mission that was flown on the shuttle that looked at doing topography, um, which is basically measuring heights. And at that time, that instrument um, demonstrated that capability for the land surfaces, so the solid land surfaces. And I think scientists and engineers here figured out that this is something that might be useful over the water. And so we've been developing that. And the key to that is um, is being able to have um, two antennas that are separated by a, a fairly long distance, 10 meters, so about 30 feet, um, that are deployable. And uh, then having um, a, a radar that's transmitting pulses down to the surface of the earth, uh, reflecting off the water bodies, and then being received simultaneously in these two antennas. And that technique has been used before, but never for this specific application and never for these kinds of accuracies and precisions that we're looking for in our measurement. So the Karen instrument is really where a lot of the new technologies we have on board. We're producing a tremendous amount of data that the radar is producing when it's running continuously, about 300 megabit per second continuously. So one of the new technologies we have is because we can't capture all of this data and send it down to the ground all at once, um, the ocean data is actually processed on board. We think that's one of the first applications of that technology. And then the uh, freshwater data that we're taking, uh, that's something that's uh, very new, and uh, we're downlinking that data directly to the ground. To do all of that downlinking, um, we developed a, a custom telecommunication system, an X-band system, to get uh, one terabyte of data every day. So uh, getting this enormous amount of data every day continuously uh, translates into petabytes and petabytes of, of data that has to be uh, processed, circulated, and distributed. So um, it, it, it all links between the flight system and the ground system. The other instruments we have um, on board the satellite relate to looking at the uh, the water vapor content as the uh, uh, radar signal comes through the atmosphere and helping to correct that and, and make it more accurate. 
We have a radiometer for that. Uh, we have a traditional altimeter, which has been our, our traditional kind of instrumentation provided by uh, the French Space Agency. And that helps us give a, a good comparison of uh, sort of the uh, legacy heritage technology with the new technology flying on the same mission. And we can compare that very well. And then we have several additional instruments that are used to very precisely know um, the position of the satellite itself, because as the radar is um, transmitting and collecting the uh, returns of the of the signals from the surface of the, the Earth, we need to know very accurately where the satellite is located. So these instruments help uh, give us a, a precise uh, orbit determination. And with all of that together, uh, we can we can ultimately make uh, the combined measurement that that SWAT is all about. Parag, let's talk about lessons learned. Approximately four months since launch, you've had some time to reflect. From a project management standpoint, what do you think the team got right? Getting these technologies um, in place is is a big challenge. And I think um, what the team got right is, is ultimately, if you're going to tackle a, a difficult uh, problem, you do need to have um, the best tools and solutions in, at hand, even if they are difficult. Um, you know, supplying these technologies has been quite a challenge by itself. So um, I think, um, you know, grabbing the moment when it's right um, to be able to, um, you know, take on challenges is, is something I think the team got right in the sense that let's say we could have gone for an incremental change and that probably would have taken decades. But um, NASA and the project teams and our partners um, really decided to take that leap and, and go for it. And having that um, commitment uh, behind um, taking those, um, those challenges and those risks that go with those challenges is something um, I think that the global team got right. Um, it, of course, caused uh, uh, a lot of stress in terms of being able to execute those things. But I think uh, the, the rewards are coming in and, um, and people are really now excited about um, being able to, to meet those challenges they only dreamed of 20 years ago. What would you do differently if you had the chance? So I mentioned about the technologies and and the um, international collaboration. I think um, both of those are are super critical. I think um, we had to take that window of opportunity to develop the mission, but um, I think if we had um, additional uh, time and and resources to, to develop those technologies, specifically for SWAT, not just in general, but specifically for SWAT in advance um, and, and have, a, have an on-ramp um, that would have definitely made things um, easier and, um, you know, packed less uh, of an intensive effort during the mission implementation. And I think also the engagement um, with uh, the community is super important. Um, COVID really um, <laughs> threw another big challenge our way in the last two years where just as we were reaching um, the critical phases of, of uh, developing and integrating and testing the, the, the mission elements, um, you know, COVID came at us and um, we, we reacted, we overcame that. But um, being able to have uh, that uh, connection between all the teams is something um, we missed and I think um, is something we would uh, uh, 
uh, in hindsight and in the future, we'll, we'll definitely want to spend more time and nurture um, uh, going forward. Well, and along that line, do you have advice or takeaways from managing this earth science mission that might be helpful to other project managers? So I think, um, you know, working earth science missions is something um, that's, um, that's very rewarding. Um, and that reward um, comes from really tangible results that we see. So doing these um, in individual missions, and I've, I've managed um, five earth science missions, SWAT is my latest one. And every single one of them um, has, um, has a definitive reward that you see in result that you see in everyday life and, and the utility of that data is something um, that is super rewarding from earth science. But the second thing is that just because it's earth science and there are lots of satellites flying around, that doesn't mean that it's routine. Um, there, <clears throat> there are these challenges um, that we have. And I think uh, applying those breakthrough technologies um, for earth missions is actually the first um, step towards um, applying them elsewhere. I've seen multiple Earth uh, science mission technologies uh, demonstrated with Earth and now, and now being applied in outer planets um, and, and Mars, the moon, and, and many different places. So um, having, that, um, having that reward and that sacrifice does pay off. And also the, um, the challenge is, is no small feat for Earth just because we have more experience on the Earth. What's the SWAT timeline going forward? So SWAT launched on December 16th, 22. Um, that was a, a long time coming, um, and um, the team um, really worked hard to get to that point. Since then, um, we have been in um, what we call this commissioning phase, where we're basically turning on all of the um, major systems in orbit and on the ground and, and checking them out and, and tuning them, so to speak. Um, we've done that. I actually just recently completed that phase um, as planned, um, where we had planned to complete it, um, let's say, within the first three months of the mission. The next three months are devoted towards calibration validation. So right now, SWAT is in a, in a, a, a unique, um, what we call one-day repeat orbit. We're not in our um, final science orbit. And that was really chosen specifically for SWAT because um, we want to devote um, as a brand new measurement um, the, the best opportunities and best instrumentation we can have to, to actually calibrate and validate uh, the measurement results we're getting back from the satellite. Uh, so we just started that activity. We have, um, of course, the satellite flying and operating, but we're overflying um, many different locations um, across the world where we have instrumentation and teams that are out in the field setting up ground-based instrumentation and water-based instrumentation. So we have teams, for example, out in, uh, off the coast of California setting up um, buoys and moorings um, out there so that as, we, as the satellite overflies that, we can cross-check and um, the measurements we see on the ground, literally on the ocean versus what the satellite is telling us. And then we have other teams, um, because SWAT is all about water in all kinds of, of areas of the earth. So we have people out on rivers in the US, in Canada, in Europe, in uh, you name it, in Asia and New Zealand. And it's really a uh, international effort that um, uh, organizations, some of them 
um, have just joined the SWAT team and put their resources and, and equipment out there to measure what they observe with the satellite overflying. So that, that'll go on basically for the next three months um, through the end of June as our plan. And then we boost into our um, final science orbit, which um, is um, a 21-day repeat orbit. So basically every 21 days, we'll be coming over and building a complete map of, of the Earth coverage. Um, of course, we'll be covering and overflying uh, certain parts of the Earth uh, much more frequently. And so we'll start our science mission, um, uh, let's say approximately beginning of July, and it's planned to go on for uh, at least three years, and that's our, our uh, objective. And, and part of that is to observe, of course, what's happening in the ocean, but um, seasonally, uh, particularly in uh, the freshwater aspects, uh, a lot of the dynamics change um, as the seasons go. Uh, we have uh, winter freeze-thaw cycles. Uh, so a lot of these water bodies will freeze, will melt, will move, and, and uh, SWAT uh, wants to observe um, those behaviors um, over several different um, seasons and cycles. And um, now the measurement is still brand new. So uh, there will be a ongoing calibration, validation, science validation activities. Um, I mentioned some of them going on right now, but uh, many of those things will continue for the life of the mission because um, there is just a huge unexplored territory, so to speak, that we're going to be getting measurements just first of a kind, first ever, uh, particularly from space. And uh, we'll be wanting to understand what we're observing and also uh, checking that what we're observing um, makes sense as we uh, continue the mission over the, the full life of the mission. What excites you most about SWAT? So, um, you know, SWAT is, um, is uh, very exciting to me in, uh, in challenging the team in almost every aspect um, programmatically. It's been um, very uh, interesting and rewarding to be able to to build the mission, but also build the partnership. Um, that's extremely rewarding to see that um, we can combine our efforts truly looking at uh, what we're best at, whether it's in the United States, Europe, Canada, uh, and, and many other places, and, and truly join hands and, and jump into this mission and see how we can collaborate. Um, but the technology aspects from an engineer, I'm, I'm an engineer, so um, building these kinds of technologies um, is uh, not only going to enable this new measurement for SWAT, but uh, we think enable people to leverage these technologies for many other new measurements that um, we think are really going to, to, to make a difference. And ultimately, I think um, making a difference for our planet and our humanity and seeing this mission contribute to the current events and the current challenges that the world is facing is um, very rewarding in terms of making a contribution towards helping solve those complex problems. Many thanks to Parag for joining us on the podcast. You'll find his bio and links to related resources on our website at apple.nasa.gov slash podcast, along with a show transcript. If you'd like to hear more about what's happening at NASA, we encourage you to check out other NASA podcasts at nasa.gov slash podcasts. As always, thanks for listening to Small Steps, Giant Leaps.